0: Call the meeting back to order, back from the closed session. And we are on item 8.1 announcement of items from closed session. We have a couple of items to announce, a couple of hires. The first one Nicole Carrier, Spanish instructor, with a start date of August 10th, 2017. And the hire was unanimously approved. The second hire is Dr. Robert Vanderveld, Dean, Social Sciences, Science, Mathematics, and Engineering, with a start date of June 19, 2017, and also a unanimous approval. 8.2, Pledge of Allegiance, Kelsey, could you lead us? 8.3, 8.3, adoption of the agenda. If any comments, questions, then the agenda is adopted by unanimous consent. 9, public comment in general. At this time, we will devote a total of up to 15 minutes for comments to the Board of Trustees regarding... Any subject not appearing as an agenda item for this meeting, but over which the board has jurisdiction. The public may ask the board to place an item related to the business of the district on a future agenda item. No action or discussion will occur at this time on such items. Individuals will be limited to a five-minute presentation. And we do have a speaker card from Ben Quesada.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm Benjamin Cassada, coordinator of Student Life. Um, I just wanted to let you guys know that um, as of Tuesday, we have opened up the Office of Student Life Food Bank, which is located in room 1202, lower section of the theater. It is a grocery-style shopping uh, food bank, which means that the students uh, fill out an application they are, they are left to go into the uh, food bank to shop for themselves. They aren't given food. They are to pick their own food, um, and there's guidelines on how much they could get of certain areas and certain parts of the shelf, and they're left alone to do that so that, you know, they have the ability to uh, choose what they want and get what they want and uh, come back out. And the food supply is for two weeks, and they can come back after two weeks to, uh, to get food. But I wanted to let... Um, let you guys know that if you know of any students who are in need of food or partial need of food, no matter what, if they just have a need for food, to have them come to the Office of Student Life um, or check on our website, which is MVC Student Life, on Facebook uh, to find out when the office or when the hours for the food bank are open. Right now they're kind of varied um, until we get um, the times down stable in the next couple weeks of when we're going to be able to do that. Um, I am also... Planning on um, bringing this forward to the institution for approval because right now it is a pet project. I would like it since it's grown much larger than a pet project um, out of my office that I want to get it institutionalized if possible. So I will bring that forward to a future meeting. Uh, I want to leave this one tidbit for you guys. Right now the um, state of California uh, university campuses um, show eighty percent student need, that someone going to a UC, because two percent of those students are going without food or have food insecurities. And the Cal State is 13%. So think about how much the California Community Colleges level is, because I will come back with those demographics, and I will also be coming back with demographics on this campus side of where the food need is, because for the last 2.5 years I've been tracking that as well. So uh, stay tuned. Thank
0: you. Is there anyone else, any members of the public who would like to speak? Seeing no members of the public, close public comment. Down to item 10, constituent group reports, 10.1, academic senate report, Amanda Badgett. Good evening, board. Um, Since you've
2: actually heard quite a bit from me tonight, I will keep my comments uh, brief. Um, I guess... I should share with you that it seems that I'm to be the academic senate president for another two years. Um, <laughs> I don't know at this point <laughs> whether I uh, am feeling elated or somewhat trepidatious, but here we are. Um, and I, what I would like to say though is that. Um, when the IEPI team came and visited us initially in November and then in February, they, they really sort of sent a message of, of kind of embracing the idea of change. And in that spirit, um, the Senate is presently considering uh, changing how uh, temporarily piloting a program on how we... Do our Senate business, and I don't know at this point what that's going to look like. It comes to a vote on Tuesday, but what I can say is that this uh, proposal came after months of meeting with a small group of colleagues, and this came in tandem with another fairly sizable task, which was to work with my colleague here on the right, Christy Iwamoto, who is the president of the Faculty Association, to work on some guidelines for our part-timers and um, granting seniority to them. And both of these projects, which were very time-consuming and at times (laughs) bewildering and (laughs) sometimes frustrating just reminded me how truly fortunate I am and that I get to work here and work with extremely competent and very creative and passionate people. And I am quite happy that I have this opportunity, and um, especially regarding my colleague to the right. So thank you all.
3: No, yeah, um, since we already honored the ad- admin uh, confidential person, mean. He- Decided to step away? Something about a donut? I don't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> 10.3 Associated Students of Napa Valley College Report. Gabriel.
4: Good evening, trustees. Uh, since last time I reported out to you, ASNVC has been up to a couple of activities as we attempt to wind down from a hectic year. First and foremost, uh, the ASNVC Elections Committee has hosted the annual elections for our student body members. Nine students won a position, we were waiting on four students to rep- uh, respond as they were written into the ballot, and st- uh, the student body approved a revised version of our Constitution. Unfortunately, and uh, this is, I guess, as a means of transparency, um, we had one of the lowest turnout of students at the polls in recent history. Um, we've attributed that to a lack of advertising, and along with the lack of campaigning, because there was only one position on our board this year that actually had uh, a contest, and that was our Director of Finance position. On April 25th, ASNBC hosted our second Fireside Chat Forum, which focused on immigration policy. We invited Napa Mayor Jill Teckle, President of the Democrats of Napa Valley, Ricky Hurtado, and our very own Alex Guerrero and Jose Sanchez, who are both immigrant allies and activists. Our event was successful content-wise, with a wonderful discussion about how we can prepare and resist the current presidential administration's backward policies on our local immigrant community and immigrant students. Unfortunately, again, we had a very low turnout at our event. Um, we're looking forward to addressing these issues next year so that our student body is, Im- uh, is as involved as possible and properly hears about our events. Um, and we plan to do that at our exec- our, our ASNBC summer retreat. Our new and uh, old executive board members have been diligently working on planning for that retreat, which is going to take place at Alliance Redwoods Conference Center through the weekend of June 2nd and through the 6th. Um, and actually, you'll be approving a contract today on the board. Uh, actually, that's in the consent calendar. At this retreat, we're going to be conducting an analysis of our activities. Uh, We're going to be talking about how we can improve the turnout that we have at our events because that has traditionally been something that we um, really struggle with um, for multiple reasons. And uh, we're going to be working on our advertising efforts and our online presence on social media because um, we think that that's our key to being able to reach out to a lot of our um, student population because right now we currently lack a mechanism to be able to um, contact students either through email or through I I don't think we would ever have the resources to call them. Uh, And uh, we'll also be training our brand new members to ensure that they're ready to take on leadership roles at the college. Much of the work has been on the shoulders of our newest vice president, Taylor Giamo, and our department uh, director of events, Marilyn Nguyen, as they've had a front seat view to many of our weaknesses throughout the year. It's my sincere hope that uh, that next year's ASNBC board will learn from the mistakes we've made throughout the semester. In related news, the Office of Student Life, led by Ben, has been working tirelessly on opening our food bank at the bottom floor of the 1200 Building, uh, which also houses the Little Theater. The food bank project has been a project that has been led by Ben, Merrick McKeague, I believe that's how you pronounce that, and Dr. Craig Alamo, and also a variety of community organizations. I managed to get a tour of it today, and it's filled from the floor to the um, to the ceiling with a lot of packaged foods and fresh produce on one side of the room. So. It's really great that we have a resource like that for students because I know that food insecurity is something that's even affected students on our board, and we've had a couple of our own members um, go and use the resource pantry right now because they um, they live by themselves and they you know they have to pay rent and they have to pay school and they have to have a job, so it's it's hard to the, the struggle out here is uh, very real for us. Um, Also, it is with great regret but slight satisfaction (laughs) that I inform you that this is my last report as the Associated Students President and my last report to the Board of Trustees ever. Uh, It's been a really wild two years, uh, and there's been many issues that I've had to talk to you guys about or at least report out to the Board. And there's been been many meetings that have dragged on very late into the night. So that's why I'm a little bit happy. (sighs) It, it really, truly has been an honor to sit with you guys in this room and uh, be able to either work with you or report out to you, um, because it's given me the opportunity to represent the student body, um, which is something that I never thought that I would have actually done. Looking back, um, as a you know, as a young student when I first got here, I thought I was just going to get in, get out, and you know, go home and start making some money. But um, there has been a lot that I have learned either through interacting with. E- almost each and every one of you or, you know, through my own office and through my own officers. So I really would like to thank all of you guys for uh, being my support system out here because um, that hasn't existed a lot for me in other aspects of my life. So um, it's, I don't want to get too emotional over here, but it has been really nice, um, you know, having people who are surround me and um, are very encouraging because um, it just, it's, it's felt very nice. So uh, thank you, Borden. Have a wonderful night. Thank you, Gabriel. You're going to stay
0: for the whole meeting, right? Uh, That's right.
4: I might have to head out a little early. Uh, my, my organic chemistry exam is really going to kick my butt, and I have some uh, work to do for Amanda's class, so I might have to head out a little bit early. But
0: I, I'm sure that everybody here really appreciates everything you've done and your service to the, the college. Thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate it. 10.4 classified association report Jan Short not here. 10.5 classified Senate report Twila Huerta.
5: Good evening. Um, not well, where do I start? We haven't had an EOM this month or last month. Um, just been too crazy with the Senate, and we do have some nominations. Uh, a few. Uh, I'm hoping that that will continue with the next board. Um, we had our classified retreat on April 11th. That was a. It was a really great event. Um, we had about, I want to say, 60-ish people show up. Uh, which is great, not as much as we had last year, Um, partly because of people on vacation and uh, the 13 people that responded to the survey, which I didn't bring the results, but the 13 people who also filled out the survey but didn't attend, said the reason they didn't attend was because of their workload. Um, So they couldn't leave their, they felt they couldn't leave their desk. Uh, But Those who did participate, it was really great to see everybody just loosen up, relax, and I think out of everybody, the majority just had a really good time. Um, It was good company, good food, and people... I'm disappointed that more people didn't participate and show up Um, because James Bailey was a, a very... Great speaker, he got people to open up. I mean, no offense, but the men who participated, who you generally see walk across campus with their hands in their pocket and you know or men a few words, were really talking a lot, interacting, hands out of pocket, smiling it was it was really good um, or even the people who seem really introvert to be the introverts were um, not so much an introvert uh, it was it was great and then the afternoon we had different workshops um, I'm sorry to't bring the names but we did have a couple uh, faculty who um, came in and they did a workshop on sudoku and uh, battles of the world. I, stuff that makes you think um, and using your mind. And then we also had uh, workshops through HR. I don't know if it's MHN or... Yeah. <laughs> um, that was very informative. And we uh, even had one of our own teach Tahitian dancing. And... That was interesting to watch. It was fun. Uh, it, it was it was great. And thank you to Bob for helping carry in all the stuff. People were shocked. There's an admin helping, you know, but it was well appreciated um, and noticed. And then um, today we had our Mother's Day event, and it was a really good turnout. We had people from all different constituency groups. Thank you, Marianne, for... Coming, that was good to see you there. Um, it another good turnout. Um, we did our, our scholarship. Uh, Jessica Seha was nominated for our $300 scholarship um, to be awarded at the ceremony, and then election. We had our election last week. Um so if there's another Bot meeting in July, that will be my last one um, and so the new people that will start in July Michael Rayford he's a custodian he will be the the president Marty shoemaker will be the vice president um the Catalina Martinez in CDC was nominated for or elected for uh, professional development. Amira Donnelly was elected and will continue in her role of the social senator. We have Brenda Rodriguez and ANR and Destiny Eklin up in the tutoring center, and they both will be in uh, senators for the fundraising. And then our two ad hocs senators is Amy Guan and Tara Sungpania, and they're both in LLRC. So it's, it's really great that we have a lot of new faces. Um, so we're hoping for new ideas. I'm hoping that people will be more involved, more active um, and I think that's it for right
2: now. Right. Thank you.
0: Thank you. <clears throat> 10.6 Faculty Association Report, Christy Iwamoto. Hi, everybody. And I apologize in advance. I have to catch a plane, so I'll be
6: leaving right after my report. I don't do that just so I don't have to stay for the whole meeting. I just want you guys, just coincidence, one day I will stay the whole time, I promise. Um, I, uh, I, thank you for reminding me. I, we actually also just had an election, so I will be here next year as well for one term. We one-year term, so I'll uh, be here for one more year. Um, and I have some good news, which is that our negotiators and the district's negotiators have finally put together a contract, and so we are very happy about that. Um, we are say- we- I actually made the announcement today to the Faculty Association, and we are going to be sending that out for a vote very soon, um, and we're hoping to get it wrapped up by the end of the semester. Lots of exciting things. I want to thank the board for uh, for approving the salary and the new salary schedule. That was wonderful. People were very happy. I was a great meeting actually. <laughs> and um and uh yeah you know, uh the part time rehire rights, all of these, you know, uh really nice improvements. And I you know I, I know it hasn't been voted on yet, but I'm optimistic. And I just wanted to take a moment to thank uh my negotiators, Forrest Quinlan and Lisa Yanover, the district team Charles Alburon uh, and Eric Shear and Bob Harris, who is uh, not he- uh, who was here earlier, uh, and Bob Parker really helped us out a lot as well. Um, also, a-, a special thank you to uh, Becky Gonzalez and Annie Chindavong in the HR office, who really worked hard behind the scenes. If it- we said, well, we we want to look at that, what would that look like? In about three minutes, they'd come running down from HR and say, this is what it would look like, typed up. So they were on top of it, and they were great. Um, I want to thank the board. I want to thank Dr. Kraft, of course, and, uh, and my colleague over here, Amanda Badgett, who uh, helped me so much uh, with you know, navigating what's union, what's senate, and working with me on the part-time seniority rights. And it just it makes me feel really good because this is my first real year being uh, president of the Faculty Association, and I really feel like we're in such a good, collaborative place. So, you know, the Union and the Senate today, uh, this year working hand-in-hand, having a a good relationship with the district, and all of us just being, you know, really optimistic about the future. And I'm really happy for that, and thanks very much. Oh, on a personal note, sorry, uh, just really quickly, next Wednesday... Is the college de-stress day for the students. We're going to be holding that in the bookstore. And, uh, my therapy dog group is coming. So we'll have dogs in the bookstore that people can come. Certified therapy dogs that dogs can pet. I'll be bringing, uh, dogs can pet. Kids can pet. I'll be bringing my, uh, my therapy dog, Maurice, with me. And so if any of the board happen to be on campus or if any of the administrators happen to be on campus, come by the bookstore and you can come and pet a dog and be de-stressed. Thanks very much.
0: Thank you. Okay. Item 11, Superintendent-President report.
3: Thank you. Um, Let me take a look at here a little bit. I think we're going to start out. Carole, you're going to do, yes. Carole's going to do the uh, foundation report tonight.
7: Hi. Gerard sends his regards. He's out of town, but he uh, asked me to share a few updates with you. Um, The Board of Directors will be meeting next week uh, to elect officers. It looks like Bill Hardy will be returning as President. He's been nominated. They will probably elect him. They have posted the Executive Director job description and are receiving resumes and applications. And lastly, um, you should have the invitations in front of you, but um, there is a donor appreciation luncheon. On Monday the twenty second, and the scholarship ceremony is on Thursday the twenty fifth. And
3: if you could join us, we would love it. What time is the scholarship ceremony for these guys?
7: Five thirty would be check in for presenters, and six o'clock start time.
3: Good. Any questions on that? Thank you. I just,
8: yeah, Carly I just have one question. I don't know if you would know this or not, but in the hiring. Of that executive director, are they specifically focused on somebody who has a local network who's connected, or do you know?
7: Um, they are looking for someone with local connections, definitely, but more importantly is a 10 track record in fundraising. So I think that's their primary push. I think networked is a huge, huge
3: benefit. Yes. I think that you know, a local, a person with some kind of track record in the Valley will have a... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, thank you. Thank you. Um, my, my report is posted. A couple things I, I would like to... Uh, oh, she really left already. Christy, thank you so much for... <laughs> if you can hear my voice somewhere. Um, yeah, uh, negotiations, I just really appreciate the team and the work. And, and Amanda, I wanted to just shout out to you a little bit. I know that you, you two work together, and it was it was really, uh, it's not always quite clear between the Senate and, and the Faculty Association, so it really was very helpful. And Christy shared that with me and said in, in our meeting, so I'm passing it along to you, and she already did. Thank you for that. Um, a couple of d- different pieces. I know that um, in the future, Ben, we're going to take a look at, at, the, at the food bank, but um, real kudos, shout out. I saw the, the email today go out, and a lot of people are really involved. It's a, it was a hugely courageous and wonderful thing. Um, that that you spearheaded. So, congrats on that. It's really amazing. Um, a, cu- a couple of different things you can read about um, the, the Student Success Act um, passed back in jeez nine, I think. What was it? Was it was it twelve? I guess I guess the legislation was floated out there in nine ten, and they were they stopped. It, you know the 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 metrics are coming in. It's still too early, is what the report really says. Um, and um, it's it's been very um, excellent here at our college, and we've done um, I think really great things with with those dollars. Um, the the chancellor's office is starting to report on the metrics as they come out, so it's just um, stay tuned is really what they're what they're saying at the state level. I, I did check with the chancellor's office based on this because I it was it was an undercurrent here that I didn't really fully understand, and um, they see continuing funding of of the of Student Success Act for the, the immediate and far-ranging future, so I don't see anything different. Um, local, there's some scorecard stuff that Robin had shared with you, and I think that um, we'll have a chance to come back at, and it's, it's here as well. Um, there's a little bit of in here um, for you, board on um, program evaluation and planning, some, some PEP orientation pieces. Um, there, there is a... Um, um, a, a, a very nice link here where you can take a look. And Robin, are you covering this as well? No. Okay. Yes, thank you. Um, reports from instructional pro- programs were um, were chosen, and, the, and basically it's a process where um, each program gets to really in-depth, look at the program, analyze it, walk through a series of, of questions and prompts, and, and think about the program, and then compare it to... Um, the PEP that was done before, a- analyze and make recommendations. So um, it, it, it is a good process that has served the college well. I think we're also looking at a, um, a truncated version and, and for administrative services side, certainly, and for some of the support because it doesn't quite work as well on our side. But there's some links there for you as well. Um, just a little blurb. Um, I want to keep it in front of you. South Valley Center at American Canyon High School. The planning is coming along. As you know, that center has been in existence since 2010, um, and has been used um, frequently by the college. Where we are, um, we own that property down there on the on the um, campus, and we're expanding. and We'll have more reports on that as the year unfolds, um, coming into the fall. And with that, I think I'll move along to. Um, following everybody's suit here, move along to um, cabinet reports.
9: Can I, can I ask a question? Yes, um, I was just asking. So the events, the meetings. I noticed the one about campus tour for Wine Train. I'm just wondering, was that about what uh, Trustee Iverson and Trustee Baldini reported out earlier, or what was oh, the no. purpose of that?
3: Um, the the uh, thank you. Um, the owners of the Wine Train um, wanted to tour the campus, so. Uh, m- m- that, that day they did, they they just toured the campus, saw the facilities, etc. Yeah. And by the way, as board members, um, this is uh, your ambassadorship, if you will, in the community. You can always recommend to people to connect with the president's office for tours. We I do them quite often, or Matt has taken people around, or vice presidents do. I would say at any any particular month, we're touring people on campus. It's a single best way to really have them. Get what's going on here. So, um, the more the merrier.
8: A um, quick question. Mm-hmm. So, the very first of your report uh, is information. The Student Success Act is mm-hmm. information from EdSource.org. Mm-hmm. Isn't EdSource the organization that is kind of anti—not anti-public schools, but kind of pushes towards private education?
3: Yeah, they can be not They can not always be complimentary. I'll say that. Okay. And um, but this came from the chancellor's report. His office. He forwarded over is just hey look this is information that's getting out there. Um, you need to take a look at it. And, and my reason to bring it forward to you is it, it went all across the on on the list served to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um. So I wanted a chance to address that. Even though some of the stats, the initial stats are are not conclusive. Um, we're not. We're not far enough into this process yet to really give it a, a a good analysis. And Oscar has done some excellent. You have a lot of metrics and data on um, our information, which is available on your site and also Rippy's site to take a look at. So,
8: so, and I just want to add one little tiny Absolutely. thing onto that is that. So the reason I say that is because when I look at this, and it doesn't sound super encouraging. This isn't an organization who necessarily is. Wanting it to sound super encouraging, so, um, so I just want to, you know, I, I don't want us to take this information and necessarily take it to heart to the point of, you know, wow, this isn't going well, or oh, no. you know, so just to take it in context of what it what it is.
3: Thanks. No, and that's exactly the what I'd like you to walk away with. Things are moving in the right direction on it. Um, Bob, do you want to lead off? There's just uh, really one thing to report, and that is that next Thursday, May 18th at 3:30, we're holding our campus forum on our proposed tentative budget. So it's uh, next Thursday, May 18th. (coughs) It's at 3:30, and it's in room 1630. And uh, so we will be the budget committee will be bringing forward. Uh, the proposal resulting from the planning and budget process this year for the tentative budget for uh 1718
9: is that something that we can attend
3: I would love for you to attend yes, yes. that uh, that is uh it would be great to have uh, any members of the board there Oscar, I think your your report's up to month.
10: Yeah, thank you. Uh, what, what I've done this this month is is I'm I'm sharing with you bits of data on the class of 2017. Uh, as you can see, uh, uh, we have 281 uh, graduates uh, for uh, who receive a total of 1,211 degrees and certificates. Um, and I wanted to just just uh, take make a quick note on on the uh, categories of, of of the race ethnicity. Uh, if you add the the Mexican and Chicano and the Mexican American number, uh, along with the other Hispanic, along with the Central American and the Hispanic, that adds up to two hundred and forty three, which I think is very indicative of, of the of the uh, the progress that we've made as uh, being an H S Institute. And um, uh, I think it's, I think those numbers will be growing as as, as time goes on. Uh, the other pages are, are are to give you an idea of of uh, what degrees and what certificates our graduates are receiving. Um, just, just a couple of I mean, quick highlights, under the A degree, uh, we have 49 that are receiving the degree in social and behavioral science, uh, 25 in, in psychology, uh, under the AT, AAT uh, degree in uh, psychology uh, 48, uh, sociology uh, 19, but, uh, but the large number that thing is very impressive is under the AS degree uh, category. Where uh, natural science and, and, and mathematics shows a total of 317 uh, degrees of receiving that they'll be received by our students. So again, this is just a bit information just for you to you to peruse and and to have knowledge in terms of what our students are doing and uh, what, what they're graduating in and with. Um, and lastly, I just want to also voice the 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 kudos that Dr. Kraft has shared. On uh, Ben's work uh, with, with the food bank, it's it's. Uh, my understanding is that now we are on the verge of becoming a model food bank. Um, that we'll, we 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 are going to have someone from the chancellor's office visit us in a month or so. And uh, so again, that's that's the workmanship that Ben has been a leader of. So thanks again, Ben. Thank you. I just want to thank you for.
9: I think putting together the list of all the degrees and certificates that was really interesting. I, I've never seen anything like that before, and that I can remember anyway. And um, I was just wondering, this is more for maybe Dr. Kraft. Is this kind of you know being data driven? Does this kind of drive priorities at all? I, I just I was surprised also by the large number of students in math and science. That was impressive.
3: Yeah, I, uh, yeah, yeah. Eric and I have talked about this, and yeah,
9: go ahead. Thank you.
11: Yeah, we we look at this program data constantly. This is this is always involved in what we're doing when we're looking at program planning and uh, analysis for PEP reports, but also when we're looking at faculty hires and everything we're doing.
9: I was even thinking like facilities, you know, prioritizing facilities because um, I noticed we're putting a lot of um, resources into like the whole VWT area. But there, I was surprised there were only 29 graduates, whereas like the math and science. So I just didn't know also in terms of prioritizing facilities, renovations, and projects. Anyway, I just thought it was really interesting. So thank you.
3: Excellent. Thank you. Uh, Charlie. thank
12: you. Well, good evening. I want to congratulate Rebecca Gonzalez again for being chosen as the Administrative Confidential Employee of the Year. Um, I want to point out that's an employee from my department. Just want to point that out. I wish all of my employees could be nominated, but one at a time, so we'll just pick them year by year. Um, on May 5th, we held two benefits forums that were um, open to the entire um, staff and faculty that are benefits eligible. The forums were facilitated by Susan Vogt of Keenan, and the purpose of the forum was to review the state of current health care um, and also to review the process that we're currently going through to look at, um, we're currently being sent out for bid um, to see what our options are to bring down the cost of our health care plans. And she also answered um, questions about her current plans. We are anticipating information from Kenan by the end of this month, and we'll be working with our benefits committee, um, sharing that information so they can go back to their respective constituent groups to determine what how they would like to proceed. We are also interviewing in the process of interviewing vendors for our classification compensation study. Um, We are hoping um, to be completed with this process, the interviewing process, and have a contract being brought forward um, to our June board for all of you to review and hopefully approve. And, again, we've reached a milestone with faculty negotiations. I'm, I'm going to squeal. I'm so happy. Um, but I want to thank um, Forrest, Lisa, and Christy, um, and also thank Bob Harris, who is not here, very, very much a part of our team. Eric, Scherer, um along with um, Bob Parker, um, who has just, thank you. We have, you were part of the team, part of the year, and became a resource. So thank you. Um, And special thanks to Rebecca Gonzalez and Annie Chindavang who, in the background, provided exceptional support through this um, process of negotiations. And with that, um, thank you.
3: Thank you. Any other questions there? Okay. And that's my report. Eric. Thank you. I forgot Eric. <laughs> Eric, you should have said Yeah, I have a question. Thank you, Eric. <laughs> so would never
11: be so rude. Yes. <laughs> um, and I did speak already. So uh, so just a couple of quick things here from instruction tonight for you. Um, we're hard at work with end-of-year activities, so in addition to the business of educating students and working with the faculty and ensuring that the classrooms are running and ensuring that everybody has what they need so that the students can learn and finish up their educational programs here this year. We've got quite a few activities going on in the Office of Instruction. Um, I, I want to thank my Dean of Instruction, Maria Via Gomez, um, for all the work that she's doing right now in the College Catalog. So we have our the next edition of our catalog that is currently in draft form right now. We expect to have that out here uh, shortly. Uh, class schedules. Working with the folks in the Office of Institutional Advancement, getting class schedules published. Um, we're hard at work on that. We have our summer session that's going to begin that will begin on June twelfth. Um, so we have a six week and an eight week session this summer, and we have a lot of classes planned for the summer. Um, fully staffed at this point, we're ready to go on that. Even though we're not even finished with the spring semester yet, we're already looking forward to that. Um, and we've actually gone even beyond that. We actually have the fall uh, the fall schedule all set up. And in a move that surprised a lot of faculty members on campus this week, we sent faculty their finals schedule. And a lot of them looked at it and said, but, you know, we have finals next week. Why am I getting this now? It's like, no, that's for next fall. So we're getting information out to people in, in advance. I, I fielded quite a few phone calls from uh, faculty this week asking about the final schedule that they had received. So, again, I just want to thank all the all the staff in the Office of Instruction that's working on that right now. Um, we've got a tremendous team in my office right now doing really good work, too, Charles. Um, <laughs> Healthy competition. <laughs> <This is good. laughs> um, so, also, I want to uh, uh, say that also, I had, the, I had the incredible honor on Friday, this last Friday evening, of attending the Phi Theta Kappa induction ceremony. And I told them, I told all of the honor students a little story about some F's that may have happened at some point in the past. But um, I, had a, I had a really good time with that ceremony on Friday night. It was fantastic oh. to see the induction of the new students into the Phi Theta Kappa Honor Society. Um, additionally, I wanted to point out to everybody the Community education brochure that's come out here recently. Um so uh in, in concert with the um Office of Institutional Advancement and Michelle Mano, the Dean for the Upper Valley Campus and Community and Continuing Education, they've put together a fantastic uh brochure. So I do want to point that out to you guys, and if any of you are interested in looking at it, um it outlines what's going on this summer and it's beautiful on top of it. And I do want to point out that the photography is from one of our current employees here at the college who took classes in our photography program here at the college. So I do want to trumpet that here for a moment. Joanne Sudbich took the photo that's here on the front of of this catalog. So um, other than that, uh, we're just uh, winding down for the semester and gearing up for the summer. And hope to see you soon.
3: Thank you, Eric. I I did want to pass along, Karen Taylor is going to be um, sending the board updates of all the many activities one more time, kind of on a one sheet for you. If if you know for sure you're going to be at something or you think, um, go ahead and email her back. It just kind of helps us kind of prep and get enough chairs on the, wherever it is. But we'll send those out. There's a lot of opportunities. Thank you. Now I think, am I done, guys? Yeah? Okay, good. I'm here getting all guesses. Okay, thank you.
0: Okay. Uh, item 12 approval of minutes. 12.1 minutes of the March 9th, 2017 regular meeting. Do have any comments?
7: We would just like to share that there were some revisions between the original posting and um, this version. Uh, the public employment, the names were originally missing. And then Amy, Trustee Amy Martinson, had some corrections that were um, incorporated. You can see under 7.0, um, Chris Mullin's name was added. What was the other item? Oh, the then. motion,
9: my my amended I think motion. The <laughs> scroll down to that. I think it's item, yeah, fourteen. Wait a minute, yeah, fourteen point. Two.
7: So under the um, accreditation, accreditation follow up report. Um, there was a correction to the motion to amend.
0: Okay, those are the, the only changes. Anybody?
9: Ms. Approval. Second.
0: Second by Trustee Martinson. All in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? Thank you. minutes of the 4 2017 regular meeting.
9: Move approval. So that one, just to point out, there was just one addition.
0: Uh, Where was that?
9: Towards the end. Let's see. It's underlined. Oh, yes, um, 14.4, and it was another one of my motions.
0: Okay, we have a first and a second. Any other questions or comments about that? All in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? Nope. Thank you. 13 information discussion items 13.1 changing the primary electric meter service from PG&E to Marin Clean Energy
13: Good evening everyone Good evening I've been coming up here for a long time and this I just saw Carol Lee actually raise this up and down. I helped put this in here originally. I had no idea it could do that. Pretty exciting. Uh, first of all, I would like to apologize to the board for any confusion that this agenda item may have caused by the way that I wrote it. Uh, today, I was looking at it, and it wasn't as clear as it could have been. Additionally, the chart that was sent out to you is confusing. So uh, I'll start with that. The other thing that I do want to share with you is that Marin Clean Energy had a rate reduction in April. And the chart that was originally sent out to you with the timing of needing to get the agenda information out didn't, hadn't been updated yet by Marin Clean Energy. The chart that's on the screen is updated includes the uh, April information. As I think most of you know, last year in September was the opportunity for people in Napa County, to people in businesses, to either opt in or opt out of a change with Marin Clean Energy as uh, a source for your electrical power as opposed to PG&E. PG&E would continue to deliver uh, the electricity to the customers, and the customers would still have the opportunities for rebates and, and other uh, benefits of being a PG&E uh, customer, but your uh, electricity was actually coming into the wires as sourced by Marine Clean Energy. Marine Clean Energy has two levels of service that they have. They have their uh, default or their basic service, which is 50% green energy, or they have the deep green variety, which is 100%. In September last year, Uh, The college elected to go, we went ahead and made the change with our smaller meter accounts to go with Marin clean energy for the 50% as a bit of a test. Our main meter, because of our solar field, is a net meter, so it works both forwards and backwards depending on if we're putting power on the grid. Because of that process, there's a true-up period that happens at the end of every April into May that results in an extra charge that's basically the transmission charges, the demand fees that you've accumulated over the year, and there there can be a larger bill that happens at that point in time. If we were to have made our change on the main meter to marine clean energy last September, we would have had to have gone through a secondary true-up period that would have hit us with another little spike in, in a bill, and, and from a class, uh, cash flow perspective, we decided that that wasn't the best thing to do. And also, in talking with Marin Clean Energy, there's challenges with transferring a big account with a net, net meter. There's uh, potential glitches in the billing, and they weren't sure that they 100% wanted to make that commitment with that change at that point in time. We're to the place now where we're, uh, Bob and I have been talking about this for some time, and it makes a lot of sense to make this change. Uh, and again, this is from an information item perspective, to look at the light green, which is the 50% level, uh, and for all purposes, it's essentially the exact same price as PGE. What it does do, and I'll try to do my best to explain this chart. On the right-hand side of the chart, it, it has percentages. And to use that scale, all you want to do is look at the bar graph. So that is showing what the percentage of renewables the uh, electricity is coming from. So the deep green uh, for marine uh, clean energy is at 100%. That's the bar that goes all the way across the top. The light green is their light green is what they call it, and that's the base that we would be using. And you can see, and this is basically a five-year trend, so you can kind of see the flow of where that's gone up and down somewhere above 50% through there. And then the blue is what PG&E is, and that's down 30% or just below. Then if you go back to the scale that's on the left-hand side, that's the kilowatt-per-hour charge. And then if you follow the line graph that's near the top, you can follow the color lines across there. Again, the blue is PG&E. The light green is the base Uh, marine clean energy that we would be signing up for, and then the upper line is the deep green. Uh, Ultimately, what this results in, this change, uh, let's see here. It reduces the greenhouse gases associated with our electricity generation for that amount, uh, reduces our total of 172 metric tons per year. And what that translates to is about 25 homes for the course of the year for electricity. So, again, we don't see it as being an increase in cost. We see it pretty much flatlining. But it's a good thing to do, and it makes a lot of sense, I think, for the college to go ahead and do that. So, Any questions about that? I'm hoping that I did a better job of explaining than if you just look at it fresh out of the box.
0: Amy? Mm -hmm. Did you have a question? No. Anybody else?
14: Mike. Yes. So uh, about $100,000 a year increase. No. Let let let, let me rephrase or okay. let me whoops, excuse me.
13: go over that. If we were to go to the 100% renewable, yeah. that top, it would be 100 per, uh, approximately $100,000 a year increase in our costs. At the 50% level, it's the same price we'll be paying for PG&E. So there's no increase in cost. And that's and that's the where I was unclear in the way I wrote the agenda item.
14: My concern is if if are you know what our our solar field has a degradation rate of what one, less than what half percent or thereabouts over its planned lifespan, and we have nothing but surfaces here that get good heat. Why wouldn't you just invest that any money into more solar fields, particularly any new construction over the? the asphalt that's out there right now. Why would we want to do that? And pg is increasing. They're competing in the same markets, I would think, for renewable sources. The, neither one is. Uh, so I just don't get why would that be a wise expenditure of college money to to not invest in our own solar fields.
13: I, I'm not 100% sure that I – that I'm understanding what you're asking. So what, what I'm presenting is is there would be no increased cost to the college.
14: Oh, right, but uh, but you've said that 100% is better than 50%. That's true. So if true. we generate 100% of our need, why would Miranda oh, okay. clean energy be a, such a good deal?
13: Okay, I, 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 okay I, I get it there. So basically what it boils down to is the upfront investment costs. Uh, so we are currently looking and we're talking with SunPower and other folks about As we move forward, about the future potential for adding, whether it's covered parking, uh, we're looking at all kinds of different options. There's a lot of different funding mechanisms, whether uh, the outside uh, uh, group or the investment group owns the solar field and then we basically pay the same rate, but yet we're providing that additional uh, uh, solar power for the grid. So there's a lot of options that we're looking at. We have another one that... uh, that we're looking at that's going to be a a bit of a battery storage option that is getting significant rebates through PG&E to do that will help save us with our power costs related to demand charges. That's another thing that we're going to be looking at for the coming year. So there's a lot of different things out there that we are looking at. uh, And including one of the options is is if if our interest is just trying to be 100% green, one thing that we would have to look at from an economic standpoint is does it make sense to go with something like marine clean energy because we don't have any maintenance costs then. So that's another way that something else that has to be factored into it.
9: Maybe. Question, just a more comment. Um, yeah, I mean, down the road, that's I'd all for having more solar panels. But for right now, given what we have, um, to me it just makes sense to make this change. It's the same price and the point is, is that with the light green, you're getting you're, you're, it's a socially responsible company. Um, 50% will come from renewable instead of 30%, so it's green. It can be part of our sustainability plan. And the other advantage is that you have local control. Um, so, for example, our supervisor, Wagon Connect, is on the board of directors for MCE. He's our local rep. So when... Um, so what led to the, the rate reduction was at one point uh, MCE cost a little bit more. Uh, the, the county voted to reduce the rate by 3.7% and brought it in line with PG&E and that's what can happen when you have local control. So we're, it's, there's multiple reasons uh, why I think I support making that change.
0: Just one question and this would still be just for the smaller meters you said?
13: No, this what? would be for the main meter on campus. So uh, uh what we're hoping to do is have this in line with or during July, so we'll start the next fiscal year with this. And at that point, all of our meters for electricity would be with Marin Clean Energy. So starting last year in September, we have two or three smaller meters on campus and then the meter at the uh, campus in St. Helena. So those, have, those are on Marin Clean Energy now and have been, and the price is holding steady. Again, that was one of the things we just kind of wanted to verify as we were moving forward and that there were no glitches with the billing.
0: So has the solar field meter issue been resolved? About the yeah, Yes, they,
13: yes. And, and by doing it in July, the true-up period will be much closer to when we had just done it. There will be less of a ca- cash flow impact as opposed to waiting another two or three months. So we, we feel like it will be a pretty easy transition this time.
0: Thank you. Anybody else?
14: I have uh, one connection. If you down the road I know on the residential side they had a, a penalty that if you opted out down the road is there a similar penalty for commercial uh, college or the, the
13: the there is a slight penalty but basically what it is 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 once you've waited a, a, a year you can make the change back and so for us it's like the big ocean liner it takes a while to turn it around anyway uh, so, we would want a year before we would change our mind anyway, so it, we shouldn't be affected by any penalties.
14: Thank you. I
9: want to say another advantage is good PR. I mean, Doug can put out one of his press releases that we oh, become a, more green and we've ch- shifted to more green energy.
13: Right. And one of the ways that's to look good. at it is so, right now, our solar field produces, a just for simple math, we're going to say 30% of the campus power. You could take that other 70%, cut it in half, 35% of that is the renewable, where it's 65% for the main meter for the campus for renewable power. I think they for uh, electricity, I think that's a good thing.
0: Thank you. 13.2, Institutional Strategic plan.
15: run. It's, it's reached its lifespan. We need a new touchpad on the technology plane. Uh, there's a, something on the desktop. Not that one. It's on the desktop.
7: Oh, I'll fight with to the touchpad. <laughs> it's drifting down. So um, beneath all these windows is the desktop, which is just the one. Oh, yeah.
15: Thank you. Thank you. Uh, okay. the slide yeah. you has the magic touch. I do not. It's very touchy. I I just use arrow. All right. <laughs> Thank you. So, good evening, board. Uh, I want to preface by saying that Rue Brueggemann, who is the faculty co chair of the planning committee, uh, sends his regrets because he's teaching this evening and uh, he was originally scheduled to present this uh, with me on behalf of the planning committee. Uh, So, I'm here to share some information about the development of the next institutional strategic plan, including a summary of the planning committee's recent evaluation of practices. That led to the development of the new plan, which is currently underway. Um, At the end, I will present the tentative draft of the 2018-2021 Institutional Strategic Plan and provide some general information about the timeline for development, which will extend into the fall semester. Um, So first, I want to provide some context for the Institutional Strategic Plan, uh, including how it relates to our annual planning process, annual planning and resource allocation process, as well as the responsibilities of the planning committee. Um, so as outlined in this slide, the institutional strategic plan is part of a larger set of institution level plans and that those include the educational master plan, the facilities master plan, the technology plan, and the fiscal plan, as well as the institutional strategic plan. And all of those plans are updated and revised periodically according to a schedule. Uh, our current institutional strategic plan spans 2014 to 2019. And our integrated planning schedule, which is uh, kind of a um, sequential um, cycle that um, shows the regular evaluation of those, all, of all of those plans, as well as the mission and our accreditation reviews, um, all in one place. It, it uh, conveys the timelines and how those all fit together. Um, so, one thing that our uh, integrated planning schedule indicates is that our next um, institutional strategic plan was to be developed in 2018-19, and that was to prepare us um, you know, based on the sunset date or the end point of the current plan so that we would have a new plan in place by uh, 2019. Um, so uh, what I'm going to be highlighting tonight is some of the changes in the schedule or the original plan and explain the reasoning behind those changes I will preface everything that I'm going to say with a little shout out to the planning committee in terms of saying that the planning committee really tries to set an example of effective practices for the campus community, and that includes regular evaluation of our practices. And as part of that, all of the changes that we um, have been discussing are well documented, and they're based on those evaluative processes. And they're intended to yield improvements and address the areas of concern that have come up regularly at planning committee meetings. Um, So one thing that I will throw out there is that the one constant about planning at Napa Valley College is that it's constantly changing. So (laughs) be prepared. Okay. Um, So the uh, Institutional Strategic Plan is a guiding document for planning and reporting processes across the college And that includes our Program Evaluation and Planning Process, or PEP, our Program Review Process, um, as well as the Annual Planning Process. And this slide highlights the relationship between the Institutional Strategic Plan and our Annual Planning Process on both the front end, what you might refer to as the input side, and on the back end, or the output side. Um, So uh, on the front end, the um, Institutional Strategic Plan is uh, one of the source documents for when the Planning Committee recommends the Annual Planning Priorities that helps structure the annual planning cycle each year. And once those are uh, recommended by the planning committee, conveyed through the president and uh, finalized and approved by the board of trustees, then program services and units across the institution use those planning priorities to guide the development of their own unit-level plans. On the back end or the output side, um, it all, the um, The planning priorities and then indirectly the institutional strategic plan um, helps um, uh, structure our annual reporting process. So our annual progress report each year focuses on the established planning priorities and specifically highlights the accomplishments across the institution that are associated with those planning priorities that were established uh, prior to the planning cycle. And, again, the final uh, kind of context for this, um, particularly for new board members, because I know that our planning processes are sometimes foreign or uh, unclear at first pass, is that this outlines some of the planning committee's responsibilities, again, particularly those related to institutional planning and annual planning. Um, So on the institution side, the planning committee is charged with reviewing, revising, and recommending both vision and mission statements. We also are charged with developing and recommending the institutional strategic plan, which is why this is on the, on the agenda tonight. And we review and endorse all institutional plans for consistency with the mission and the institutional strategic plan. So this year the facilities master plan came to the planning committee for that purpose. The technology plan is anticipated in the fall for that purpose. Um, the uh, So for the annual planning uh, cycle, what the planning committee's responsibility is, is that we recommend the planning priorities, as I mentioned. We also review the annual progress report um, that is compiled by my office and then shared with the planning committee. Um, The planning committee then reviews that report and evaluates the accomplishments um, conveyed in the annual planning, uh, sorry, annual progress report before it comes to you and the campus community as an information item. And then one thing that the planning committee um, is tasked with doing every year um, upon the completion of the annual planning and resource allocation process is that we evaluate the cycle, we identify areas for improvement. Uh, and so um, that is uh, what, uh, kind of how we fit into this picture. Um, and as I mentioned, the planning committee is one of a, a locus of regular review and evaluation of a the-